Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. We are back here with another edition of the Team Building Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a really special episode. This is the first of our operations-focused episodes. We've got a special guest with us as in addition to our own operations manager here with Omaha's Elite and Real, Elite Real Estate Systems, Kevin McGowan. So let's bring you in first. Kevin, how's it going today? Doing well. How are you, Matt? Very, very good. good. And uh, yeah, so give everybody, for those that haven't seen the workshop, those that haven't come to Omaha or you know seen the speaking video and all that stuff, sure. uh, who are you and, and what's your role within both Elite and just the Omaha flagship, kind of the office itself? Yep, absolutely. Cool. Well, um, so when, the, when you come into our workshop here in Omaha, you get a really good look and feel of exactly what it is that is our day-to-day -day for our flagship Omaha team, but you, know, you can kind of copy and paste this into our expansion teams as well. But you spend a whole day with us here at Omaha, and you go through it all with us um, from start to finish. And it's a lot of information. We cram it all in in you know, one day when this could last a week. You know? um, but essentially my role in that, you'd spend some time with me, and I'd just kind of show you. It's really scratched the surface, but just kind of some of the behind the scenes, the nuts and bolts of what makes Omaha's Elite and our other expansion teams work so well. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, we, we pride ourselves on numbers tracking and, and having our admin staff in order and, and so on and so forth. And so that's kind of the time when you spend with me during these uh, workshops that I just kind of show you exactly what it is that I track, why, um, and then so on and so forth, how I uh, handle and manage my admin staff as well as some of my other duties surrounding my, my operations role. Yeah, and then our special guest today is Michael Walters, who is the operations director for Joshua Stern's team in Salt Lake. Michael, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, doing well. So, Michael, give us a brief overview of kind of what your day to day is like, and what's what's your focus within the uh, within kind of the the team structure that Josh has there. Yeah. Um, so day to day, I was brought on. Uh, my owner, Josh, he is uh, he is a seventh level, so he's looking to. Um, to get to that level and he needed somebody to um, really replace what he was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So ultimately that is that is my role is to oversee all aspects and functions of our team. Um, unlike Kevin, we didn't do 500 plus transactions. We did 343 last year but still number one here in the state of Utah. So um, now, right now my focus is all about um, you know our transition from our inside sales agents and what we had been doing with them uh, with them producing a majority of our appointments for our agents in production and we've recently um, streamlined our ISA team and now um, all the prospecting and lead generation is going to our um, agents in production so right now I guess if you say my big rock is helping make that transition back to where our um, buying and listing agents are prospecting on a daily basis um, and generating those own appointments for themselves um, so that we can still attain our goals, but um, allow them to uh, make the money that uh, they are wanting to make on a given year. 
Yeah, and this is really interesting, and this is why I wanted to kick off our conversation with this topic, because the the holy grail for agents, and, and especially if you're looking to recruit agents, the holy grail is to be able to say, we don't just give you leads, we give you appointments, which you guys were doing and found that it wasn't working for you guys. So take me back, I mean, what was what was the issue there, and why did you streamline your ISA team in the first place and then start getting like working the agents back into prospecting their own leads? Yeah, great. It started back uh, probably before I started in November, but um, you know we had a team of uh, three to four inside sales agents that were they were paid an hourly rate plus they were paid a uh, you know a bonus every time they had an appointment and then a confirmed appointment as well as a, a signed contract um, as well as a closing. And what we realized over six months is the return on our investment with what we were paying into it from a. Uh, a labor perspective, a payroll, as well as um, these other stipends, it wasn't generating the return that we thought it would be. And um, as a result, instead of us um, being ahead for our goal this year, which was 510 transactions, we're, we're right now on pace to hit exactly what we did last year. And I think when you look hindsight, part of that was the quality of appointments that our inside sales agents were generating just wasn't what we were um, typically getting prior to rolling that concept out. And so because the ROI was, wasn't there, it didn't make a lot of sense to continue down that road. And uh, about a month ago, we made the decision to transition back into a, um, a team of agents buying and listing agents where they were prospecting and lead generation uh, on their own. And so really hit the switch about two and a half weeks ago and uh, you know, getting back into that prospecting frame of mind, being purposeful and intentional, um, it was almost like get, trying to get back on a bike, but this time having to do training wheels again, uh, <laughs> right. with setting aside dedicated time every day to practice up on our scripts and uh, making sure that we were ready for that two-hour block to go lead generate. Um, and, you know, the last couple of weeks have been filled with me, um, you know, the validation process and inspecting what I expect in terms of, um, are they making the calls? What do those calls sound like? Are they multitasking while they're doing it? Or are they really in the moment uh, on purpose and intentional on getting that appointment? And um, we've seen the first couple of weeks, we've seen some, uh, you know, some def definite improvements um, from week over week. And I think, and I would um, imagine that within about the next month, if not sooner, we're going to see a, a completely different culture on our team, one that will always be prospecting based and that will never go away. I think we learned a valuable lesson. Whatever happens with our ISA team, um, whatever that becomes, I think we're always and we're never going to let prospecting get away and not be a central component to what our agents do on a daily basis. Yeah, and Kevin, you guys have been through that before because years ago, Jeff wanted to start a, a call center and, and generate all the leads and hand over the appointments. So, I mean, this is something that you're very familiar with, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we, we had we were in the in the same boat. You know, I think at any given point, um, the, the most ISAs that we had working uh, for our team was maybe about five at one point. Um, you know, kind of a whole call center kind of type thing. Um, we ended up kind of going away with that. We parted down to just having one now that just kind of helps more on follow-up calls and filling in the gaps and stuff like that as opposed to making those initial phone calls and, and uh, qualifying the lead. And the reason why we structured it that way and, and kind of why we reverted back is 
yeah. in thinking about it, we didn't want a team of 30 agents that all of a sudden didn't know how to prospect if an ISA went away, you know, where they pick up a phone call and, you know, they don't know how to run through LP Mama, for yeah. example, or, uh, or anything like that. And it, I think it just creates a better quality of agent, so to speak, um, knowing how to prospect and, um, you know, not taking away kind of like what you were saying, Michael, kind of the, that core centric value of what being a good real estate agent is and, and how prospecting is involved in that. So, like I said, you know, our ISA right now is just kind of help filling the gaps, getting those call counts up um, so that we're at least reaching 10 phone call attempts within the first two weeks. Um, and then, but like I said, they're not making the initial phone calls and scrubbing the leads. We want our agents doing that so that, you know, they can continue to be the best that they can in their, in their industry. Yeah, I like it. Well, let's, uh, so I, there's a lot of people out there that are listening to this that'll be, you know, kind of in your guys' position, operations directors, operations managers, and, and I know a lot of those people are being hired from outside the real estate field because, we, as we all know, real estate agents are probably the worst fit on the face of the earth uh, to go into operations. <laughs> I agree. And, and, I agree. <laughs> Uh, and, and track track leads and and track ROI and and uh, manage admin yeah, staff and all this details stuff. and systems uh, yeah you know, yeah if, if you say a checklist I think a real estate agent just threw up hearing that yeah, word yeah, yeah. That's but uh, so let's uh, let's start with you Michael I mean, you're obviously coming into this from a very different environment but you're very familiar with managing people and I mean in a box big box retail environment like checklists and systems are everything like that's the whole point of a franchise is they hand you a a bunch of checklists and systems you go execute it and you will make a profit uh, so what's been your your biggest adjustment coming into this like I mean it's basically a wild wild west where you're managing a sales team and 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 herding cats effectively I mean, what's been your biggest challenge in coming into this yeah I think you know to your point I mean coming from my background in a corporate world where um, you know best practices were um, set up where it was the same in every single store. I mean, we, we know that's how you make a profit when it's consistent you know, time over task over time. Um, I think it was just that is just how do we, how do we create um, systems and processes that were simple yet um, something that could be repeated every single day, day over day to try to um, establish that consistency. And we know that over time that um, it's going to, uh, lead to, to more prosperous results. So not having that, one of the first things I got tasked when I came in was, um, you know, creating a, uh, an onboarding, if you will, uh, first 100, 100 day checklist for every position on our team. Because, right. you know, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, high turnover in any given team doesn't do anything for results. We know the results go downhill or are not sustainable. And so, uh, really, my first six months, one of the side projects I've had was creating a first 100-day checklist for every position on our team, whether that be the ISA agent or being a buyer uh, agent, a showing agent, a listing agent, and making sure that as people come onto our team, we have a standard set of what is that first 100 days going to look like. And it's, it starts with, let's get you business cards, let's get you set up with the email, all the way through to, okay, what does the Keller Williams um, you know, connect? What does the internet look like for there, the intranet rather? What does that look like and how do they utilize those tools? How do they utilize our internal Google Drive or our Dropbox to access tools that will help them in their business? Um, and it's really helped as we've uh, rotated people from ISA to let's say a buyer agent. There's no guesswork. We just say let's pull up the 100-day checklist. Mm -hmm. They own it as well as, as myself 
and let's go to town. Let's make sure there's a purposeful, um, on-point, everyday rhythm to make sure that after 100 days we feel like they're set up to success. And when you say that they own it as much as you do, so are, are you guys are kind of, when you're going through and checking off that certain things are done, are you agreeing, both of you, that before something is checked off that that agent or that position agrees that that's been covered and feels comfortable with it before it gets checked off? Yeah, without a doubt. We check in uh, weekly, if not multiple times during a week of just, you know, and it's sometimes informal, but certainly every other week it's very formalized. And it's, yeah, it's, let's make sure that we're on the same page because if you, I don't want you checking off something just to check it off. I would rather have quality over quantity. And it's really helped um, with the onboarding. We've had three new people in the last three weeks, uh, one ISA and two showing agents. Well, fantastic. I can measure their level of engagement just by, you know, not only are they smiling, right, but another piece is how are they doing with that checklist? Are they fully engaged and immersed on making sure that they're owning, they're onboarding, and I'm really there just to hold them accountable to that. Um, and if they have questions, we, we go through and we make sure that they're in a position to get those uh, questions answered. But um, if I find somebody on the opposite end who's not fully engaged, um, we'll go down that different road where I'll help them through that. But ultimately, if it's not the right fit, um, you know, 90 days into it, 60 days into it, and I just know that they're just waiting to be spoon-fed everything, well, you know what, they're not the right person on our team anyway. Yeah, it's a good good point. Kevin, what's uh, what's your onboarding process there in the Omaha office look like? Yeah, you know, it's it's actually pretty similar to Michael's, um, but we are, we're kind of changing it up a little bit here too, but um, when an agent is brand new, the, the first thing before they do anything else is that is that they, they'll sit down with me for about an hour um, for our onboarding. And so, once again, that's when we bust out some checklists. I have one for me um, because I have all my behind-the-scenes stuff that I need to do, um, like designing their business cards and so on and so forth, setting up their emails and, and everything. Um, and then I give them their checklist, and I say, okay, here's your homework, and then that's where they submit over to me things like their biographies for the website, for example, a um, couple other things like that. So um, that's about an hour, and then um, usually during that time, too, I would sit down and do a really formal training with them on our Boomtown CRM. Um, what I've done, which has really streamlined this process, which I really wish I would have done years ago, is I uh, recorded uh, training videos for Boomtown. So I just kind of segmented it out. Um, in all, if you watch it from start to finish, it's about three and a half hours. Um, but I segment it so that they can kind of watch it at, at their own time. But then we schedule a follow-up meeting, um, and then we go through any additional questions they might have from there. Um, uh, and then I have them set up a meeting with our admin staff, so both of our coordinators, whether on the buy side or the listing side, which they specialize in, they're going to sit down and they're going to talk with the admin staff so that when they start to execute deals, they know what to do right away with their paperwork and who does what and where it's all supposed to go. Um, and then they also will set up a meeting with Andy, our success manager, um, on the, the role that he has, uh, the kinds of things that he's going to hold them accountable to, and then they set up a time as well for their weekly one-on-ones. Um, that they have. But um, similar to Michael, one of the things that we've got coming up here on the horizon is we, we have like a 90-day probationary period, so you know the, the first 100 days is just similar. Um, but uh, we're going to have, we're going to enact that where um, it's going to be uh, whether you're Boomtown eligible, so to speak. So wh whether you're eligible to receive leads on our team. Um, and by that, they're going to have a checklist where they're going to be required to um, attend our accountability meetings, dialogue training, uh, call blitzes that we have every Wednesday, 
um, and then uh, complete uh, the training sequence of our Friday career trainings is what, what we call where we've just um, asked the agents, you know, what are the top main things in your business that you want training on? And I think we've got about a dozen or maybe up to 15 topics that we just rotate every Friday as well. So they're, gonna, they're required to attend all of those things and um, participate uh, before they'll even receive any leads from our team. Um, currently set up, they, they just start right into the rotation, start receiving leads, um, and it's kind of a trial by fire a little bit where they just kind of get thrown into it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but uh, outside of that, um, we're now going to have it a little bit more structured in which they're going to be required to attend the various types of uh, trainings and things like that that we offer to um, receive what is hopefully one of the biggest perks of coming onto our team, which is leads and then, of course, the accountability portion and coaching and training and so on and so forth. Yeah. Michael, a couple quick questions. Number one, are you, are you giving leads to your agents? And, and if so, where are they coming from? And then we can get into a couple of other things. Well, yeah, yes. Um, Commissions, Inc., uh, is if they get any leads, um, you know, they'll get those assigned to them, and it's based on a switchboard. Um, we call it Switchboard Sally, where they'll have an opportunity to pick up the phone and, and uh, take those should it get to them. We also have what, what we call our bat phone, which is uh, any leads that come in uh, off of a sign call um, of any of our properties out there. So those would be two main places that those agents get them. Cool. And then if I get where we've also, we've got Dave Ramsey and Glenn Beck and now Sean Hannity leads um, coming in. 55 places, which is uh, a 55 and older community leads that come in. Those come directly to me, um, and I'll do the initial filtering and then um, hand those off to uh, an agent to follow up, prospect, get the appointment, hopefully uh, either get the listing or the buyer broker agreement. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Because, Kevin, you, you've done, or you guys have done, and maybe still are uh, part of the Dave, Dave Ramsey network, right? Yep, sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. so what's, what's the strategy there, Michael, for, for you taking the calls yourself? Well, first and foremost, um, we had a really, really hard time with, um, you know, how fast could we get back to those leads? Because as, oh, okay. as Kevin knows, it's it's all about how fast can you respond. And oh, yeah. um, you know, it's I know that you know, I may get on the course of a weekly basis between those, you know, four or five platforms. If I get, you know, six to ten leads, that that would be a good amount. And so I know with a hundred percent certainty, with the exception of me being on a vacation, that I'm going to get to them in a very fast period of time. And um, if I can get to them and I can have a great first dialogue, I know that's our first step into getting that appointment or getting that buyer broker agreement. Gotcha. Cool. Very cool. All right. So let's finish this up. Uh, we've got about maybe 10 minutes left, and I want to cover something that's uh, I think is probably a big issue for a lot of operations uh, people, not just the, the managers, but just any admin staff. But you guys feel it the most acutely since you're working directly for the mega agent, right? So these are often, I mean, we're talking about high D, usually high I people, super hard driving, very impatient. Uh, some oh. would say scatterbrained, yeah. uh, depending on who you're talking about. Um, they have a million ideas, a million projects they want to get off the ground. So, uh, Kevin, let's start with you. We, we both know Jeff pretty well, and yep. I think I described him fairly That's accurately. Pretty much to the uh, T, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, what's it like for you being the one that actually has to implement? We both go through this. We both have to implement what Jeff wants to do at different capacities. Uh, sure. But I'm curious your perspective on it. Like, how do you as an operations guy work with someone that's a completely different personality type? Yeah, it's... It's really interesting. Uh, certainly more of a yin-yang, especially when you uh, take a look at our disk profiles and compare those. Yeah. IDI and I'm obviously more on the SC kind of side of things. Um, but, uh, you know, I think what has really helped is that Jeff and I basically started our Omaha flagship team together. So 
that that helped a lot being in on the ground level as we just kind of built it out and, and, and kind of went from there. So a lot of the initial of it was he and I just up late nights both implementing together and then it eventually broke off to where, you know, he's got his duties and things to focus on and now I'm the main implementer of almost everything that we do that's a new process. Um, so it's a lot of just kind of sitting down. Maybe we'll just talk a little bit of strategy about what we want to implement, why it makes sense, um, because that's kind of also a little bit my role too in terms of just being, you know, just harnessing everything and making sure it makes sense, thinking about all perspectives of it um, in terms of who who's going to value and benefit from this, whether it's agents, admin staff, um, you know, how it all works together in the cog that we've got going on with the 35 people that we have that make our Omaha team work. Um, and so um, basically uh, from there it's just self-motivation. If, if we kind of have the green light in terms of this is something we want to do, this is something that's going to add value because as we go we really have to continue to protect our time. When we were first starting it was just, yeah, let's just try everything. Um, yeah. But, you know, we've obviously just, you know, don't have the time to do that as much anymore. So we spend a little bit more time up front making sure that whatever new process or system that we want to implement really does add value for everybody on the team and it's a win-win. From there, it's just a matter of um, operationally finding somebody uh, who is very self-motivated and um, knows what to do, knows what task is at hand, and then just works on it. And Jeff and I also check in with each other at least once a week on the projects that I'm working on uh, so that we, he can kind of get, you know, just a quick, you know, just the deep personality. Where are you at with this? Okay, done. You know, keep working on <laughs> right. it or, or we're good. You know, yeah. so that. Right. Anymore, that's kind of kind of how it how it seems to run. So yeah, I was actually just talking to a guy that's going to be on this this uh, operations part of the podcast in probably the next five to six weeks, and he mentioned the fact that a lot of like mega agents, high D guys, will have about five to ten projects they want you to work on, and mm -hmm. he will try to get them to narrow it down to okay, what are the most important two? Let's focus on those two this week. Yeah. So exactly. that that's something that can potentially help. Michael, what's your perspective on working with uh, with Josh? He's a little bit Josh is a little bit different personality type than Jeff. Maybe not quite so scatterbrained is the intention I get. He may be more more intentional and probably better at setting priorities. What do you think? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Too much credit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I for me, um, yeah, he, the best. I have had to find out um, the first seven months of working with Josh that the the best best way for me and him to have or him and I to have dialogue is not in the office. It is when he goes out for a smoke break and we grab coffee and that is the moment. It happens, you know, three or four times a day where we can just go down there, slow some things down. Uh, he's out of the environment where it's you know everything is a priority to. The only thing that's a priority right now is him dragging on the cigarette, me drinking my coffee, and let's let's slow it down and figure out where we're at with certain things. Um, and that took me literally probably two months to realize that, okay, there's so much stuff going on. Doing it in the office was, I wasn't getting his full attention. And I never will, I will never be able to do that in the office. It is, I had to find his sweet spot. And that's fine. It gets me out of the office. It gets me another cup of coffee. Let's go down there. Let's slow down. And then, you know, like Kevin said, it is a matter of, hey, let's find out how we're doing on these, you know, handful of things um, that we have talked about. And, once a week, once a week, we do sit down. We do a weekly check-in um, that is very purposeful, very intentional in an office where it's just him and I. And you know, the rest of the week on those uh, coffee breaks slash smoke breaks, it is about okay, how are we doing on those things? And I have found the last three or four months that to be very, very um, successful for us because I've found 
what is his moment to get his attention when we're just trying to do a basic check-in. Kevin, what do you think? Do you find that Jeff is better out of the office, or do you get do you guys take care of everything in your kind of weekly management meeting and then just in passing? You know, it's it's kind of a hybrid. You know, I really like what Michael said in terms of slowing things down. Um, so we do have um, office meetings. We really don't really meet very much outside of the office anymore. However, we do kind of have like our secret special bat cave, so to speak, where um, we are in a brand new office and there's a whole you know uh, section of it that's unfinished, and and we'll escape to that. So we'll just kind of get out of the 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 office, the typical office area. And we'll just go to this big open unfinished area. It's got a balcony that looks out, you know, over some green space and stuff like that. So it's I'm I'm gonna be kind of sad when a tenant ends up renting it out and finishing it off. But um, it it is really nice to just kind of go and basically do like uh, you know Michael's you know coffee and smoke breaks. But we just go out and we just uh, kind of are able to slow things down a little bit there. Um, no distractions, anything like that, and just have very intentful talks, um, strategy. Um, but you know, then of course we do uh, have our our weekly one on one, so to speak, uh, just in our in our offices as well. Um, we're we're always just good about closing the doors, shutting the blinds, making sure that you know the agents know that this is a time that you know they can't be asking questions to us, um, so that we can have that focus. Yeah, there's a there's a really good uh, concept. If if you guys have read David Maester's stuff, um, he mentions it in the book called Managing the Professional Service Firm. But the difference between health and hygiene, right? So you've got your the hygiene issues in business or just kind of the stuff that they need to be done on a continual basis. They just keep you where you're at. And I can see that kind of being the stuff that you go over in management meetings and just kind of keep everything on track. Mm -hmm. But then there's the health stuff, which is the long-term health of the firm. And I can see that being, you know, it, it, you kind of need to get out of the day-to-day -day stuff. You need to get out of the weeds a little bit to focus on those longer-term issues. Like, you know, we get caught, and we all do, we get caught up in that kind of a short-term mindset. And you have to almost, it, it's its a good trigger for your brain to physically get out of that environment where you're always focused on the short-term so that you can take a step back and look at the long-term health stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, where that really comes into play for Jeff and I is when we travel. Um, yeah. That's really nice because, you know, we have you know, nothing but time to kill, like on a plane, for example, or a lot of, you know, when we're traveling together, that means it's business, and so that, that gets things, you know, really going in the head, and then, you know, we're able to just sit down, and, you know, I mean, you should see all these notes that we scratch out on just a three-hour airplane ride, you know? No, no, um, they're the best. That, that's, when, that's when our health really comes in, because when we're traveling, especially a lot of times we're either talking to other teams or other agents, whatever it might be, um, and we, we refocus on, you know, that, that long-term health, and that's when a lot of those uh, things come about, and um, and we get focused on that, and and then it's the weekly check-ins from there in terms of the more maintenance uh, once we get that established. Yeah, yeah, very cool, uh, Michael. Any, uh, I mean, since you're kind of new to to the business and and coming to it from a, a management side, uh, what what are some resources if somebody is out there kind of in the same position and hitting the ground running, and and they have, man, they've got a lot to learn. Uh, where would you point them? What were some of the resources and um, and tools or books that kind of helped you get up to speed? Well, I mean, I've got a great resource in Josh. Uh, literally, I mean, it's that is the book. But I, I think for me, um, you know, and I don't. Kevin, are you are you part of Keller Williams? Or are you part of a different uh, broker? Uh, we're Berkshire Hathaway. Okay. Yeah. So well, I've done a lot of the trainings though. Recruit yeah, select. So, yeah. 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 I think for us, for me, you know, getting on board and understanding uh, what Gary Keller's, um, you know, we talk about the one thing. That was a huge, huge um, 
you know, a lot of books talk about the same things. That was that was a great piece of uh, uh, information for me to leverage. And then the other one was just the MREA, the Millionaire Real Estate, uh, you know, book around how Keller Williams, um, what we expect from an operational standpoint and finances. What should that look like for uh, a team of our size, based on expenses and GCI and cost of sales and whatnot? So, um, two great resources right there. And um, you know, I, I've read more books in the last seven months than I probably have uh, since college. I'm just trying to immerse myself in um, different aspects of um, real estate specifically, but you know, leadership as well. I mean, being in big box for as long as I was, I thought I knew it all, but the reality is coming in and running a, a small team of 15, I, I had to adjust myself on um, my own leadership skills and, and how I approach things. Yeah, I think, Kevin, you'd agree. Running, because uh, you, you you watch Andy do this, you don't have to do it as much anymore, but mm -hmm. uh, I mean, running a sales team is a very, very different animal than managing any other kind of team out there in a business yeah. environment. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, um, just like with Michael, uh, you know, we've the whole team has read the one thing. Uh, we have a, a monthly book, or no, every two months we have a book club where we all sit down as a team yep. and we have a we read and all that kind of stuff, and then we'll have a nice good long meeting after it. Um, but uh, you know, another one that uh, that we that we've read, looking up on my bookshelf here. Uh, so we've done the Miracle Morning for salespeople, which is really nice too. Um, just kind of a, a good way to you know get your day set up and and get people started. Um, and uh, that was Hal, El Hal Elrod, um, the author there. That was really cool. He ended up doing a webinar with our whole team um, to kind of speak uh, to his uh, to his book once we were doing our whole book club meeting for it. Um, but I think in terms of sales teams, one of the best reads that we've had, and we're actually recycling it because we've had new agents on our team since the last time we've uh, read it, is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a fantastic one in terms of outlining, you know, showing different roles, really easy, quick read. Um, but uh, just showing, you know, how everybody works in the system, how they affect others around them, and then what all makes a really good uh, synergetic team all work together. So that that's that one was so good that we're recycling that and reading that a second time. But half of our team is probably has hasn't read it since the last time, you know, because they've been hired on since. So very cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I would throw in managing the professional service firm. That's a ridiculously good resource. And then if you are uh, like Michael, with your background, with uh, where at least your experience with the ISAs, uh, Predictable Revenue might be a good book for you to read. Um, I'm actually going to do uh, an interview here shortly with uh, with Frank Kleszus, the founder of Viral Marketing and a Thousand Calls a Day .com, about that book because that's what really helped them specialize their sales roles and made the ISA model work for them. So that's an amazing book. Um, actually, and managing the professional service firm is another ridiculously amazing book. Very, very good uh, for anyone that's in your guys' position. So uh, with that, so Michael, refresh everyone's memory uh, if they forgot uh, where you guys are at and what's the best way for them to contact you if they have a referral coming into your city? Yep. Um, I'm at the Stern team uh, with Keller Williams here in uh, Sugar House, so right outside of uh, Salt Lake City. And uh, you can reach us at uh, Stern team dot com or serving Salt Lake City dot com. Um, that's about two best ways to reach and find us, and uh, we got awesome websites. Uh, great stuff. Yeah.
All right. And then, uh, so Kevin, for people, you, you mentioned the uh, the workshop at the front end. So if you guys go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com slash workshops, you can get all the information there. Like Kevin said, I mean, you, you spend a couple hours just going over. I mean, give people a sense real quick, like the master database, the tracker, stuff like that, what, like what they actually see in the sure. workshop. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of go through a couple of spreadsheets, um, you know, and I, I try to make it interesting because I know spreadsheets uh, aren't necessarily sexy, but... Um, I, I, the whole point of what I go through is our master database which tracks all of our sales information, our best information that we can track um, to pull conclusions from on, on how to make better business decisions. We can calculate a proper ROI for all of our lead sources and find out things like on average how long is a buyer in the market before they buy. So you can set the proper expectations with buyers agents um, and even how many showings each one of our listings on average gets so we can set the proper expectations for all of our sellers. Um, so, so really good information there that I would kind of just walk you through our, our database uh, as well as um, what we call an agent accountability matrix which is where all of our prospecting numbers live. So every Monday morning all of our agents go around the room and they, they say what their prospecting numbers were for the previous seven days. Then we have a spreadsheet where that's all entered in and that's where those numbers live and then other uh, uh, good little pieces that we can draw from that are like a call to contact ratio so that we know that that would be like 20% for example. So it's all a numbers game so we can just kind of show that based on your goals whether they're X number of houses or X amount of money that you want to make we can just set you up and, and set you a proper goal to say here's how many calls that you should make per week. If you do that you should be in a really good uh, area and avenue to be able to accomplish whatever goals that you set. So those are a couple of good examples. Um, I do all the marketing for our team as well so you get a good look at our buyer presentations, our listing presentations. Um, I'm contracts and, and, and compliance manager so if you have you know questions on contracts I'm your guy for that um, and really just anything that has to do with marketing or the face of the team um, and then uh, I usually will get a few questions on how I manage my admin staff and check in with them one-on-one, -on -one, uh, our weekly one-on-ones as well, um, and our coordinators and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, that's just scratch the surface, but that in the time that you'd spend with me here in our uh, uh, Elite Real Estate Systems workshop, um, that's what you would get with me. So Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, it, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there, uh, at least for the, the public here. I uh, just want to remind you, we'll, we'll be back with another episode. We've got some more interviews. But this every month, we'll do kind of an operations-focused one like this, where we'll put Kevin together with an operations director or manager from another top team around the country. So you'll you'll notice those. And, and so if you're in that position, or if you're a mega agent and you have an operations director, give them this specific podcast and there'll be one of these every single month coming so keep an eye out for that and with that said guys thank you so much and uh, we will see everyone in the public on the next one all right perfect thanks Matt thanks Michael